We are in Sifter, Malachim, Aleph, Per Yud, Pasuk Aleph, Umalka Shva, Shamat so, we have seen that because of Shlomo's vaunted reputation in terms of his wisdom, his opulence, the Beis Hamikdash, royalty came from everywhere to see Shlomo, to counsel with him, to take the measure of the man, to see firsthand. So now we see a woman who is coming to see him, and it raises a lot of questions, the Queen of Sheba. So let us begin. Umachush Shva, Shva is Sheba, the Queen of Sheba, Shamat es Shaman Shlomo L'Shem Hashem. She has heard about the wisdom of Shlomo uh, in the name of the Kaddish Baruch Batavo L'Nasoso Bechidos, and she's come to test him with riddles. One, who is the Queen of Sheba? Why is she getting a whole chapter almost on her visit when this was standard procedure? Three, how did she hear about Shlomo? And what is, where is Sheba? Let's start with that. Where is this kingdom? So we begin with some of us who say it is Yemen on the western side of Africa. Some say, because you're going to see the spices and jewels she brings, it's Ethiopia. Others go back to what we said yesterday, Ophir, which was described in Shlomo's maritime uh, empire, as possibly Peru on the South American continent. Yeah, but it could, it could easily be you know, Ethiopia, Yemen, or actually close to each other. Right, so it, right. The, the, the consensus is Ethiopia. The consensus is that she's from Ethiopia. How did she hear about Shlomo? She hears about him because, as we discussed in the closing minutes yesterday, this tremendous maritime enterprise he builds with Hiram Elatsar, so that sailors are constantly, and Merchant Marine is going back and forth, and they're telling her <coughs> sailors about this just unbelievable king, monarch in Israel. Three, um, why is she occupying such an important space as doing what any monarch would do? One is that the Mephorshim consider her like a prototype. She is a prototype of what is going to happen in the Messianic period, where all the kings of the world are going to gather in Yerushalayim to just praise and, and worship at the Beis Hamikdash, and that's what she is a symbol for. Here is one parish that might have trouble in terms of if you're a, a feminist. It is from Baba Basra, Tesvav Amud Beis, Omar of Shmuel Bar Nachmani, Omar of Yonason, Kol HaOmer Malka Shra Isha, Anyone who says that the Queen of Sheba is a woman is making an error. So why do you, how do you account for all the use of the feminine nouns when we talk about her? My Malka Shra, what do we mean by the Malka? Malchusa Jeshwa. She is the monarch 
of Sheba. In other words, she's not the consort. She's not the trophy wife of the king. She is the ruler herself of, of Jah. And of course, the Marshal says, absolutely not. There is no substance to the fact that she would be a woman, that she is a man, but that it's explaining that, that she's not a common woman, but she is a monarch in her own right. So why does she want to see Shlomo so badly? And it's a long journey. Some of course will say it's a three-year journey. Why does she undertake it? You read the Radak with the, 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 the key is the phrase that says L'shem Hashem. She is heard of Shlomo in the Shem Hashem. Um, she, that She's come to hear his hidden chachmah. That's what fascinates her. All those that she knows of who are very smart men, astrologers, soothsayers, um, um, one who gets the signs, etc. They all have a outside secular knowledge. This man she hears everything he does is the Shem Hashem. She's come to see him, to investigate the Roots of his wisdom, kihi chachma, kihi She was a very wise woman, as we're going to see in her own right. So she comes to see his his greatness in terms of what he has done, the shame shamayim, um, and to test him with riddles. The riddle is a very popular device in those days where you can really penetrate the person's wisdom if he can solve them, his reasoning, the breadth of his knowledge, and it's also other matters as we're going to see she speaks to him. She comes with a giant retinue to Yerushalayim. Gemalim, camels, laden with spices, bizarre and gold. Rabma old the Evan Yikara, rare stones. Batobo el Shlomo, she comes to Shlomo, but to Daber in love as Kolasher Hayo in Lobobo. She tells him everything, or she speaks with him on everything that is in her heart. In other words, they go beyond riddles. She speaks of her questions of life, her anxieties. He tells her and he reveals her everything he knows. Like he get la shlomo, it's called Varel. He tells her everything he knows, he tells her everything she wants to know. He conceals nothing. There is nothing hidden in the fact that he tells her everything so she wants so to know. Basically, she wants to know is there really a God? Is that what is getting ahead? She... That's a fair question, yes. In other words, and to explore what motivates him. Yeah. What motivates a man that acquires that kind of wealth and that kind of gashmius and opulence, and yet everything is we're going to see is the shame Shomayim. Is, is it she, what motivates him or what enables him? 
Say that again. Is it a motivation or about enablement? Like what enables him to make it possible? Uh, I think motivation, but there's going to be a surprise ending. We'll see as to her interest. We'll come to that. But yes, she's heard him. He's a legend. Remember, the man is a legend. She's a queen and monarch. She wants to see what makes him tick, especially that it wasn't a time where, you know, it was driven by the deity. He seems to do everything in terms of the service of the Kaddish Baruch And that's the, the hook that really baffles her. So, she sees all the depth and width and breadth of his wisdom, and the house he built, and the food at his table, the way his courtiers sit, and the way they stand, their clothing, their drinks, Olos of he could mean the Olos that he's constantly dedicating at the temple. She has literally the breath is knocked out of her. Now, question is, she's a monarch herself. She's certainly seen opulent service and banquets and royal palaces. What is so surprising here? And that is the concept that a man like this, with that kind of wisdom, with that kind of wealth, monitors every little detail of his household. That each guy has a separate uniform of a different color relating to the function he serves. And that everything is done by him. The wine is picked. The food is chosen. And that everything is, again, the Shem Shemayim. In other words, he is motivated totally by servicing the Kaddish Baruch And that literally, as we say, uh, she just, it, it knocks the breath out of her, just the scope of this man. Everything I heard in my native land about you is true. Altvarecha, on your words, the Achachmascha, your wisdom. Belohem Manti Lidvarim, and I didn't believe these things, Adasher Basi, until I came here, Batirena Enai, saw for myself, Behine Lohu Gabli Hachetzi. It wasn't half, uh, what I heard wasn't half of the actual picture here. Uh, even the wisdom, the opulence, it, it, it doesn't do it justice just hearing about it. Ashrayan Shefa, she's a lavish bracha to his people. Ashrayavadecha, blessed be your servants. Those who are privileged to surround you and bask in your wisdom. And blessed be your God who has put you where you are on the throne of Israel and your love of God uh, and has put you here to do justice and righteousness to all your subjects. Now, Ratite Lamelech, may of the Estrin Kikar Zahab, she gives him 120 bars of gold, who besummim her bay, much spices in her own, 
the Evan Yikara and rare stones below Borkabosim Ahu O Larov Asher Nostam Al Kashwalamila Shlomo. There has never been just the sheer amount and value of the spices she has brought from Sheba and given the king. And also the boats of Hiram that travel from Ophir. Hey, me Ophir, I'd say Almugim. Almagor trees, but Rashi uses the French word, as so does Radak, corals. They have brought coral stones, but not only stones, giant slabs of coral. Harbema Ode, Evan Yikara, and rare stones. He's inundated with just the lavish gifts. By Yas he takes these corals or these almagor trees, Misar, Leves Hashem, Leves Hamelech. He puts it towards the base Hamikdash and towards the, uh, and in the house of the king. Chinoros, they give him lyres and L-Y-R-E-S uh, and harps. Uh, and musical instruments so that the Levites have the best equipment to sing. Never has there been a, an assemblage of choral stones, this valuable rock, below Nero at Hayom Hazed, and haven't seen it to this day. He gives her everything she has. And she goes and returns to her nation. So, a couple of very important things. Gives a chol Rashi, in parentheses, alludes to the fact that there was an intimate relationship between the Queen of Sheba and Melech Shlomo. And out of it, say the Mephorshim, comes, you would not believe it, Nebuchadnezzar is the progeny. Nebuchadnezzar will ultimately destroy the temple. And very interestingly, this is found not only in Jewish sources in Mephorshim, it's found in, in Muslim literature. The fact that the Queen of Sheba, some say they married, but they didn't, and produced Nebuchadnezzar. Now, and a very interesting yeah, thing. But, but, but Nebuchadnezzar was in Babylon, which is in the other direction. Yes. From, from, from Ethiopia or Yemen. Right, right. Yeah, but how did he get that? It may not be his son, it more likely to be a grandson, but hey, they, they traveled in those days. Um, interestingly enough, well, we're going to learn about the throne that he built, Shlomo, but in any case, here is what an interesting point. So And so now she goes and returns to her land with her entire retinue. And so the question is raised. This exposure to Shlomo, after all the wisdom, the miracles, the opulence, the blessing she gives the Kaddish Baruch, the blessing she gives the people of Israel. Wouldn't you think one person, at least one person, would convert, would say, I'm staying here? No, they all turn around. In fact, the Jibri um, Hayyamim, here we use the word of uh, Atifen, she faces, 
She turns around and leaves. The Mephorshim described this as a very interesting media called media akshonius, stubbornness. That sometimes you refuse to be impacted by what is so obvious to you. The classic case is Lavan and Yaakov. Yaakov lived in Lavan's house over 21, 22 years. Lavan was exposed to this tzaddik day after day. And then when he goes to follow him to retrieve his daughters and his idols, Kodesh Baruch appears to him in a dream. He appears to love on himself. Wouldn't you think that would make some sort of a, a roshem, an impression on him? No, because there are people who just will not give in, will not allow themselves to be impacted. And so the Torah tells us, after they part, by Yashav Lovon Linkomo, Lovon goes back to his place, undented, unimpressed, unchanged by these experiences. And Yaakov Holech Ladarko, Yaakov goes on to what his destiny will bring him. And that was the difference in terms of Lovon. But here with the Queen of Sheba, it is very surprising that it doesn't impact on her. All the experiences, all the breathtaking um, awe at his wisdom, at his knowledge, at his court, at his opulence, does not make a dent enough to change her life, to change her way of behavior. So now we're going to see in the rest of Perak Yud, the opulence absolutely untrammeled. Just there's no control over the opulence. And with it, we're going to see in the seeds of that opulence and some of Shlomo's actions in the last part of Perak Yud are the seeds of his destruction, which are working right around the corner, 8.45 a.m. Monday.